Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Election Observer podcast. You're joined by me, Juliana and my co-host Tom. On today's episode we're going to be talking about the recent municipal elections in the Netherlands. Democracy volunteers recently went over in March to observe the municipal elections on the 16th. They sent over a core team to observe the process a week before and also had a number of short-term observers who were there to observe on the day of the polls and the following days. So with us today, we've got John and Harry to talk about their experience in the Netherlands. Hello, both. Hi. Hello, Juliana. So how about we start off with a quick overview of the trip and how you both kind of found the experience as a whole? Sure, brilliant. Um, So Democracy Volunteers deployed a team of 14 observers um, to the Netherlands municipal elections uh, earlier this year. Polling day itself was, was on the 16th of March. Um, and it's actually the fourth time that we've been and observed elections in the Netherlands. Um, lots of weird and wonderful elections we've observed in the past from uh, elections to local water boards, um, which is obviously quite important in the in the Dutch context, um, through to municipal elections uh, and general elections as well. It's a very interesting system for us to go and look at, um, obviously from the perspective of a UK domestic group, just because there are lots of lots of things that are done in the process which are completely different to the UK. Uh, so a couple of quick examples just for the, those people listening who might not know uh, some of the ins and outs of the Dutch system. Things like automatic voter registration is in place, the actual electoral system of open list proportional representation is also something that's that's different to when we observe across the UK and results in lots of very big ballot papers and even wheelie bins being used as uh, ballot boxes, which is always quite interesting to, to see. Um, I should probably use this opportunity to thank the Kisarad, who are the Electoral Commission. Um, they're very, very open to election observation uh, and really do uh, interact with us very well and some of the meetings that we held with them both before and after the election have been very very useful um, as well as the Ministry of the Interior and Kingdom Relations and a number of the municipalities that we observed in. We observed 100 polling stations uh, which is a nice round number for this observation across 14 different municipalities all the way from places like uh, Utrecht to The Hague to Amsterdam um, and fortunately some of the municipalities in the Dutch Caribbean uh, islands were not having their elections this year so nobody got to have a nice trip to Bonaire or Saba or anywhere like that um, but we managed to get a good good coverage of elections in, in cities in rural areas um, throughout the observation and we looked at a number of things which we've seen before in Dutch elections some things that have done particularly well as well as making a few comments which I think John will talk a little bit about later um, but also it was very interesting to see some of the trials that have been going on especially around central counting in the Netherlands and there were lots of things for our observers to, to get stuck into on the day itself um, which uh, actually is a lot shorter than a, a polling day in the UK 8am um, to 9pm which I think some of our observers uh, were very happy about um, but it was a really good observation lots of polling stations visited and it was, it was really good to, to go and see how the process works. Uh, obviously yeah, we've had a sneak peek of the uh, of the report just before it comes out uh, and I note there that you've got a couple of recommendations that you're looking at putting forward but I guess just for those that haven't had a chance to read it yet what were the most significant findings that you had on the trip John? Uh, thanks Tom yeah I mean basically I think we should tell you that the Dutch elections are some of the best we see anywhere where we observe elections around the world uh, they're very well administered work very well run uh, staff are very committed to delivering a high quality election 
and as Harry said, that both the Kisrad and the Ministry of the Interior and Kingdom Relations are very welcoming. In fact, they invite us actively to come and observe their elections because they want feedback and to understand if there are any challenges they have. Um, and I think the main one that we discovered really is the one that we've actually commented on before at previous elections and one that uh, the Dutch are very conscious of something which is a bit of an outlier as part of their system. And that's that proxy voting is something that which is quite widespread in, in the Netherlands. And although there are different forms of proxy voting, the main one that happens is that essentially we all get polling cards even here in the UK. And in the Netherlands, you can literally just sign the back of your polling card and give it to a friend or someone close to you, like a family member, and they can go and vote on your behalf at a polling station on the day. And one of the things that we we know that the OSC has previously said this is at odds with international standards, the OSCOD, which you perhaps have heard of uh, before they observe elections in the Netherlands officially, but they rarely deploy observers on the ground. Um, they, as I've said, have said it's basically odds to their international standards, which countries should be meeting. And so we wanted to identify uh, is that, you know, quite often elections hide certain aspects of behaviour, especially in areas of electoral integrity. So we wanted to sort of identify if proxy voting was something that was particularly done by certain groups. So we went and observed this specifically and identified that actually 61% of people casting proxy votes are men. Now, we obviously can't impose a value set on the people who are casting these votes, but the fact that it's not even Stevens between the two sexes does suggest that there's potentially some coercion or acceptance that the man is the person who can make the decision. So we were trying to encourage the Dutch government as a consequence of the report to basically say, look, proxy voting is not an ideal way of voting. They are conscious of this and it's something that we think is really one of the, the weaknesses. In fact, the main weakness that we think in their system. You know, there's no real postal voting. In fact, it was scrapped, wasn't it, Harry, at this election? Uh, they had it during the sort of COVID period, but now that they are essentially post-COVID in elections, um, they have got rid of postal voting because they're conscious it can be subject to, to you know, manipulation, coercion, even intimidation. And proxy voting is subject to the same process. You just don't see it because it happens at home before they go to the polling station. So that's the main thing that we recommend is to try and find a mechanism which reduces proxy voting uh, in the Netherlands. And advanced voting might be one solution. Um, and other forms of voting might be a way to try and prevent it. Because at the end of the day, one person going down to a polling station voting in person on their own is still the best way of voting. And it's something that we try to encourage. So I think following on from that then, what is one kind of example of best practice that you see when you're observing in the Netherlands that other countries and democratic states could learn from? Thanks, Juliana. So I think there are a few different uh, aspects of elections in the Netherlands that are done particularly well. Um, something which I know we've discussed on this podcast before at a bit of length, so I won't go too much into it, is the things that are provided for blind and partially sighted voters. So audio boxes, um, which have a set of headphones, normally one or two dedicated polling stations in each municipality, of which are around 340 or so in the Netherlands. Um, has dedicated polling stations with this equipment in. Um, and that was something which was really good to, to go and look at and, and actually use and have a go on. The polling staff let us listen to the list of candidates being uh, being read out. Um, and to see people being able to vote independently with that technology was something which uh, is, is fantastic. I said I won't go on too much about that because we've obviously discussed blind voting a lot in the past. 
But one of the things that I thought was interesting specifically about this set of elections in the Netherlands, even compared to some of the other observations we've made in the past, was some of the changes that have come in uh, since COVID. So throughout the period of COVID, the Netherlands had uh, a temporary act in place, which changed a number of electoral rules and procedures uh, to try and accommodate people being able to vote safely and, and you know, not impact their health during the pandemic. John mentioned there that postal voting uh, was completely scrapped in this sort of first post-COVID election. I'm still not sure whether we're really saying post-COVID, but, you know, since the big issue has passed, I suppose. There are a number of changes which have been made, including things such as advanced voting being an option available to voters. This was something that was brought in during the pandemic, but something which the Dutch have decided to keep. Um, because it allows more people to go and cast their vote uh, in secret in a polling station in a sanitised area. Um, so that was something which has been kept. Uh, and one of the other issues which sort of relates a little bit back to what John was talking about is around the number of proxy votes which people are allowed to have. That was extended to three during the COVID uh, elections that were held in the Netherlands, and that was brought back down to two um, with these elections. So sort of an awareness that this very sort of open process of proxy voting in the Netherlands is something which needs to be looked at um, and it'll be interesting to see if there's any movement on, on that in the future. John do you have any? Yeah I mean I think I mean Tom you've actually observed the elections in the Netherlands haven't you and and I think one of the things that I mean, it's one of the things that we always skate over as part of the conversation is that actually Dutch elections are quite are quite intriguing because of the size of some of the equipment they have to use. So Although, for example, Harry's right, you know, they've, they've put a lot of things in place to try and improve the voting experience for blind and partially sighted voters. Actually, if you look at the ballot paper, although it's enormous because there are literally potentially hundreds of names on that ballot paper, they're still quite small print, aren't they, Harry? So, the, so in a way, it's almost undermining that attempt to try and give that blind or partially sighted voter better access. And the other recommendation we have, which we've not touched on, is is actually the, sort of the process of actually physically voting. You, you perhaps know that in the Netherlands, you have to uh, mark your ballot with a red pencil. Okay, it's a, you, you, And you see it all over the place, the big red pencil, and you've got to use it because it's traditional, you have to use it. And there's a sort of debate about how complete a ballot paper is and where you have to mark it and things like that. And so there is some discussion about how whether it's completely com uh, filled in or partially filled in, because we were seeing some ballots being rejected because they weren't completely or properly filled in marks on the ballot paper. So that's another thing, whereas, you know, at the end of the day, if you're old or don't have good eyesight or whatever, actually some of the, the, the font sizes and things like that, and I know it's quite nerdy stuff from an electoral uh, integrity point of view, but at the end of the day, elections should be accessible. They should be, whether you're young, old, well sighted or partially sighted or not sighted at all, you should have an equal access to that voting process. And some of the ballot papers are are enormous, but the, the, the fonts are still quite inaccessible to some people. And also, you know, if you're going to find my name, I'm usually at the top of the list, aren't I, <laughs> for the day. But if you're, you're actually finding somebody's name somewhere in the midst of all that could be quite challenging. The other thing is, I, I just think it's, it's quite strange that we, we see similar elections in places like Sweden and, and Norway and even Finland. And they use a totally different way of voting. Although they have a very similar voting system, they use a different ballot where you write down the number of the candidates, especially in Finland, you just write down the number of the candidate you want on a very small piece of paper and see it in the ballot box because they can be from a party list, but it's an open list system. So I think there, there's, the Netherlands are fully conscious of the things that we say. 
it's just now up to them and their politicians and you know the civil servants to sort of see if they can progress some of these uh, changes because elections should be as open as possible to as many people as possible. But then they've also got to make sure that they are functioning properly to make sure that that the integrity of them is sustained as well. I'm glad that you also drew reference to that kind of openness, because one thing I do remember from my previous experience with democracy volunteers in in the Netherlands was the uh, ability to engage with lots of other parties and interlocutors on the trip as well. So I was just wondering as well, I was having a look at the report there and I saw quite an extensive list. There's quite a lot of people that were involved in this process. And something that people often don't think about is that an election observation isn't just about polling day, but about that wider experience and building up data that all adds into it. So I just wondered harry have you had any insight on that particularly about the kind of people you were speaking to as well that kind of has enriched the report that you've also produced at the end yes so as well as the observations that we make on polling day itself um we do hold a number of meetings with interlocutors uh, in the countries that, w- that we visit and on this occasion uh, i would say probably our main interlocutors were the ministry of the interior and kingdom relations um, and also the Keesrad, which is the Dutch Electoral Commission, um, who you know are very important when we're looking at the functioning of elections and the role of the municipality versus the role of central government and the ministry and then the commission themselves. So it was really interesting to go and hear a little bit more detail about some of the background functioning of the elections, um, especially when we were talking to some of the municipality elections teams. You gain that information that you can't always gain, obviously, on polling day. So much of electoral integrity is about both polling day, but also the post and pre-electoral uh, electoral time frame. So it's really useful for us to go and, and speak to those people and flag up issues that we think might be uh, present at the election based on what we've discussed, um, but also what's being done to make sure that those things can be improved in advance of polling day. And so finally then, um, if you can tell our listeners, Harry, where they can find the full report and read further on any of the findings and things that they may find of interest. Absolutely. So the full report is now up or will shortly be up. I think by the time you're hearing this will be up on the Democracy Volunteers website. If you go to the banner at the top, there's a little section which says uh, reports and then you can go to uh, international observations. It's obviously called the, the Netherlands Municipal Elections 2022 Final Report. And there's a lot more detail in there about the recommendations we've made around proxy voting, but also the determining of the validity of a ballot. Um, so if anybody's interested in those areas in particular, uh, then that would be good to go and have a look at but also a little bit more data that we collected uh, on the day. So, for example, accessibility for disabled people, um, the way that polling staff are acting. But I think, as John mentioned briefly at the beginning, uh, the Netherlands is always a brilliant election to go and observe just because of the quality of the electoral process and how it's run. Um, We were really, really impressed on this observation, as we have been in the past, at the way that staff uh, operated on the day. Um, and also the way that voters interacted with the system. Um, So lots more information on the website at that report. Um, So keep an eye on that. Brilliant. Well, as ever, Harry, John, thank you so much for your time again. Um, I mean, it sounds like a really interesting trip. And I know from my previous experience how exciting and how interesting it is to follow the, the the elections that take place in the Netherlands. So thank you again for your time. And yeah, for anyone checking, do go onto the website, do go check out and do go and find out some more.